Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Uh, this is Jeremy McFarland. I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Footballers Family. Today I want to talk about a team that if you grew up in the 80s and the 90s, like I did, you probably will automatically think of a few things when I mention the name Chicago Bears. You will know the answer to this question. Who would win in a fight between Godzilla and Dicka? The answer, of course, is Dicka. Thank you to the superfans for letting me know that and making that clear. You probably would know what the Super Bowl shuffle was. You would know that the 85 Bears probably had the best defense, and Walter Payton was probably the greatest running back of all time. And finally, you would know that Mike Dicka had the greatest 80s mustache ever. The only one closest would be Tom Selleck. Obviously, there is more to the Chicago Bears than the 1980s, but one could argue that the 1980s marked the high water mark of the Chicago Bears, especially since the merger of the AFL and the NFL in the 1970 season. The history of the Chicago Bears is a very long one. Originally founded in 1919 to 1920 as the Decatur Staley's, named after the A.E. Staley Food Starch Company, the Bears slash Staley's are the second oldest NFL team currently playing. The Cardinals are the oldest. Because of the age of the team and the success that the team has had over the years, they boast 35 NFL Hall of Famers, nine total championships, one Super Bowl and eight championships before the Super Bowl era, and two NFC championships. In 1993, the Bears played their 1,000th game, which is an amazing testament to the success of this team and the love of their fans. In 1920, the Staley's made one of their greatest moves in hiring a man named George Hallis to run the team. In 1921, Hallis moved the team to the city of Chicago and won a championship. And in 1922, changed the name of the Staley's to the Bears. For nearly 50 years, the Bears played their games in Wrigley Field, the home field of the Chicago Cubs. And the Bears changed their name from the Staley's to the Bears to reflect the baseball team that they were sharing their stadium with. In 1925, Hallis made a big splash in the NFL pool when he signed the Great Red Grange for $100,000. This move made the NFL a legit business. Up until this point, the NFL was viewed almost as a joke, a second-rate sports team or league. The signing of Grange made playing for the NFL desirable for many college players and made fans want to come out and see the games live. The most remembered team in the history of the Chicago Bears has to be the 85 Bears. Their defense set the bar high for other defenses in the future. Buddy Ryan brought his 46 defense, named after the jersey number of Bob Plank, to Chicago. This 46 defense brought eight men in the tackle box and put six men on the line of scrimmage. Their defense was amazing that year, and it helped the Bears win the Super Bowl. And what was neat about this is if you watch the end of this game, you'll see both Mike Ditka and Buddy Ryan being carried off the field to celebrate the Super Bowl victory. Another great moment in the Chicago Bears history happened in 1988 during the playoffs when they played the, the Philadelphia Eagles in what became known as the Fog Bowl. 
Halfway through the game, a massive fog came into the stadium, making it almost impossible to see what was happening on the field. I remember watching this game. It was a little bit creepy and very eerie. It was certainly a moment to be remembered and talked about even nearly 30 years later or over 30 years later. The Bears also took part in the first American Bowl in London in 1986. Obviously, being one of the older teams in the NFL, the Bears have an impressive win-loss record. Their record in the regular season before 2020 was 10-1-2 and as the Decatur Staley's, 9-1-1 as Chicago Staley's, and 742-581-39 as the Chicago Bears, along with a 17-19 and record in the postseason. On a personal note, I own one Chicago Bears jersey. It is number six Jay Cutler jersey. Next to John Elway, Jay Cutler is my favorite player. Say what you want to about Jay. I like him, and I think he's probably the best quarterback the Bears have had in years. I hope you enjoy this interview with my friend Ray, who is a lifelong lifelong Bears fan. If you would like to come on to this podcast, please reach out to me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarland or join us on the new Facebook page, Football is Family. Also come by on the Sports History Network webpage to see an amazing, all the amazing shows that we have to offer you. Thank you, and remember that football is family. One. And we're back to football is family. And I'd like to uh, let my friend here introduce himself and the team that we're going to be talking about today. Go ahead. Hi, I'm uh, Ray from Chicagoland, and we're going to be talking about the Bears, uh, my favorite team. So Now, you introduced the Bears, but, Ray, you know that's not how you introduce the, the Chicago Bears. It's the Bears. Top Bears, yes, Top of Bears. course. Yeah, who um, wins, when, who wins yes. in a fight, Dicka or Godzilla? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I will say Ditka with the stash. He has to have the 85 stash because that was the, uh, the key epitome for that, for that team and the, the manager that he was. He, uh, I tell you what, I, I was told, and I, I don't remember who said this, but I was told that Dick uh, had a face like a fist. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure it was. I mean, and, and of course, he was also a football player, so he, he was able to, to make sure that uh, everything was tough because, again, um, he, was, he was getting hit a lot, um, so... Now that is uh, that is probably. Would you say that he is the most well known Chicago Bear of all time, next to George Hallis? Uh, no, I will say it will be Walter Payton. It would be Walter Payton. Now, uh, who would be your favorite Bears? Um, I would say probably Brian Urlacher, um, just because he was so tough and he was. He was able to kind of play along with um, just so many teams, and he, he kept doing what he needed to do. And obviously, he's in the Hall of Fame, so he did a, a great job through and through. I would say so. I would say so. Now, now, now let me let me ask you a question. Um, what are some of your earliest memories of the Chicago Bears? So, in I think it was 2003, um, the Bears played in Soldier Field for 
so many years and they were renovating it and so they needed to find a place to play their home games when they're renovating it because it was a full a full-blown um change of of when they um were changing it so they, they couldn't they couldn't like stop during mid-season or during the season so they played in uh university of illinois uh in champaign urbana which is about two and a half three hour drive from chicago and they played about one or two regular seasons there um and i just remember kind of hearing those stories of that um other than that it was probably 2006 uh the the super bowl run now that run if i remember correctly had two very notable players for the bears number one rex grossman and number two devin hester and and two two notable people for two different reasons <laughs> um uh, and, and the funny thing is, with the two the two teams that make it to the Super Bowl, the two Chicago teams that make it to the Super Bowl, it wasn't about the quarterback. It was never about the quarterback. Rex Grossman was average at his best, um, and uh, and McMahon he was also average at best. Uh, he he wasn't the throw the throw the ball until your arm falls off. He was more or less give it to Walter Payton or give it to. Give it to somebody, and then the defense will take over if we don't score. And the same thing with Rex Grossman. I mean, uh, the 2006 Bears defense and 1985 Bears defense could be top 10 in some people's top defenses of the in, in NFL history. Now, I can see that um, they had to be game managers because they had the defense to, to win most games without them having to win. Um, one of the, one of my the best games I remember, uh, it was against the Arizona Cardinals, um, and uh, this is the famous uh, "They were who we thought they were" game. I oh, think yeah. I think that was um, the Bears didn't score an offensive touchdown. They still won because special teams with Devin Hester, which we mentioned earlier. I mean, he is the greatest return man of all time in NFL. Um, without a doubt, because he has a record, he has he he's the first person to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl on a kick return, um, and all those other things. Uh, but they, so they scored on that. They they kept it with the best one of the best kickers of all time with Robbie Gold, uh, and then the defense kept the Arizona Cardinals scoring less, but also with pick sixes, fumbles, and so I went to bed that night knowing that was going to be the first loss. I woke up the next morning hearing that, oh no, they still won, but by the, by the, uh, the hair in their chin, basically. Yeah. I remember that, that Dennis Green nearly broke the stand. Uh, we are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. And, and, and they really did. That's kind of like the, uh, kind of dating this game. I've, Dating this this recording uh, yesterday, it's kind of like the Dallas Cowboys or the yeah Falcons losing to the Cowboys. I mean, you kind of accidentally gave it up, so it's it, it's it's one of those you you let off the hook, and sometimes it happens, and you just gotta hope that as a, as the the team that wins, you gotta keep that keep that going. And the Bears did. I mean, they won they won most of the other games except for uh, one. One in the regular season, and of course they lost Super Bowl. But when you face Peyton Manning with the Harrison and uh, and the running back, you can't really 
I, blame him for that. I don't think, an average quarterback. I don't think that Peyton would have lost that game even if uh, Devin ran two back. I, I think that was Peyton's yeah, game. It was. And, and uh, most most Bears fans now get that. They get this. Like, no, it's it's it was one of those kind of destined to happen games. It was destined to happen for, for Peyton Manning once he beat – Tom Brady finally, uh, he gets his chance, and he's not gonna he's not gonna say no to that. So oh, no. that's kind of what happened, and it's unfortunate that it was against the Bears. But um, again, it was still a good game up until like the last quarter when you kind of figured out, oh no, this game's gone. It's done. Yeah. Oh well. All right. I got got uh, down here in in Tennessee. Uh, we don't really have a long NFL history, but we're we're developing one. And yes. uh, you'll find number nine around here, number 27 around here. Um, I'm imagining up in the Chicago area, number 34 is all over the place. Yes, uh, 34, 54, and 23. So uh, 34 was, is Walter Payton, for those that don't know. 54 is Brian Erlacher. And 23 is Devin Hester. Uh, those are the th- those are the three main ones you'll find. And there's those frantic ones of when a good player kind of comes around. Um, nowadays, unfortunately for the Bears, there's not really too many people out there that would wear a Trubisky one or wear a. Uh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm kind of trying to figure out or, or a. Uh, uh, a Mac. Mac would be the best one nowadays. 52, but again, it would be. Uh, 34, 23, and 54 guaranteed. Now, I want to tell you this, Ray. I uh, I have a number six Bears jersey. I actually own a Jay Cutler Bears jersey. Um, he was uh, one of my favorites coming out of Vanderbilt, and I followed him to Denver and then to Chicago. I do not have a Dolphins jersey, and I don't know if I really want one, but then again, I guess I have to complete the collection somehow. It is true. You wait uh, a few years and get on eBay for like ten bucks. I probably could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you hadn't had. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the quarterbacks that have come through. Uh, you had a Kyle Orton. You had a Jay Cutler. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. I I think they reached a little too high for him. Um, yes. Um, I mean, to be fair, I think when when it comes to to Bears history. They do a bad job at the quarterback draft or quarterback find, finding the quarterback, but they do a great job on that, and they halfback in the defense for some reason. Um, and you could tell that Ryan Pace, who is the, the current GM now, tried to find that quarterback because uh, Jay Cutler wasn't the answer, unfortunately. Um, and then you kind of went to the, the next year, you kind of have like five of the quarterbacks get injured. And you're like, well, none of them were great either, so do we want to keep – all five of them, and we want to find a new young young stud like Mitch Trubisky to try to throw out there and see what happens. Um, and so they, they end up going with Trubisky. So you're right. They kind of reached a little too high, but the reports were that Trubisky was um, was kind of impressing the, the higher-ups with his knowledge of football, with the Bears. He was like When we went to dinner, he would talk about – Peyton, uh, Walter Peyton, we talk about other things and making sure that he, he, he read up on his Bears history. So he knew, he knew that it was his job for the taking. Um, 
And I, I don't know why they decided to use the first pick that they had with him and they traded out for that position. I don't know if they thought that someone was going to take Trubisky because um, they passed up on other great players like Patrick Mahomes and other guys. Um, for someone who people were thinking would, would go third round. So it's kind of odd to see, but again, um, it is what it is in some cases. Now, I remember that one in particular, uh, and, and I'll say this. I was not sold on Trubisky, and uh, I, I knew Mahomes would be good, but not this good. What the guy I thought would be would be great was Deshaun Watson, and, and he's turned out to be pretty solid too. So, yeah. you know, that's why I'm not a GM, I guess. Same here. I, I, I probably would have uh, – I probably wouldn't have picked Mahomes because, I mean, he wasn't – while he was – supposed to be good he wasn't supposed to be mvp 10 year almost billion dollars worth i mean that guy saved kansas city's football team basically i think um and that's going on a different topic but it's he's mahomes is kind of it's kind of like the tom brady as well where it's like you he's, pick the guy and you're like well let's see what happens it's a, it's a draft pick what he is whatever uh, happened and then all of a sudden I, I think that they're going to just might as well sign over half of this football team to him and say, "Hey, you, you, you are uh, our Tom Brady." Yes, um, that'd be that'd be fair to say, and I mean that, that's what happens. Now, I, I educate me a little bit on uh, growing up in, in Chicago. Uh, you have the White Sox, you have the Cubs, you have the Blackhawks, uh, you obviously have the Bulls. Um, you even have, and I cannot think of the, the uh, soccer team. The Chicago Fire. That's right. I was thinking which, it was the Fire. Yes, which is kind of funny because uh, in in the 1800s, there was a, a great Chicago Fire. So it's kind of funny that someone someone had to have that team name. Oh, oh, man. And and then you got the Bears. Is, is Chicago a football city? Yes, but I mean, so it's kind of tough. It's kind of like if, if you ask like people from LA or people from from New York, it's kind of tough when you have every every sports team. You could have one or two of them. Um, it's kind of tough to to rank them, and it depends on the year. It depends on the season as well. If it's in the fall, it's a football. It's a football team, a football city. Ninety percent of the time, unless the Cubs or White Sox are in the playoffs. Um, in the winter, it's Blackhawks and Bulls and or Bulls. Um, and so in the summer, it's White Sox or Cubs, depending on your, your fandom, um, and the fire, the fire are also, they also have a great, uh, fandom as well. Um, but I would say football is at least top three in, in all year round. Uh, you have, cause the basketball, if you were in the, in Chicago in the nineties, early two thousands, you had Michael Jordan, which is one of the best players of all time in basketball. Um, and if you like in the 2010s, you you go to the Blackhawks, um, the Bears again in 06, they had that w- one good run, but they just haven't really done too much after or before that, except for 85. So from 85 to the 90s, I would say it's football all all around because the the Blackhawks, the the Sox, the, the Cubs, the the Bulls. Um, I don't think the Fire were around in the 80s. So, you only had one good good team, and of course they were so great. They're one of the best teams ever in in NFL. So um, that's how you kind of keep them, even though you they've won one in the last thirty years. Actually, the 
out of the sports teams now, they they lost. I mean, they've they've won the the longest without winning. I should say uh, the drought, uh, which Cubs fans and White Sox fans knew know all about with the eighty and hundred plus year <laughs> droughts. Uh, the bull the the Bears are at uh, what is it now two thousand twenty so uh, thirty five years. Good gracious! If I'm has it, correct. Has it been that long? Which, yeah. Uh, yes, and yeah, um, and it's probably gonna be thirty six years if if I if I uh, look at the schedules. But um, but again, with with eighty five bears, I mean, you had Walter Payton, you had Mike Dick, you had all these guys. You had the Super Bowl shuffle in December. That's the one thing that still is one of those memories is the Super Bowl shuffle, watching that music video, hearing that song. They released it in December. They were still playing regular games, like regular season games, when they released that song, saying, we're going to win the Super Bowl. And they did. So that's why it's so famous, because they kind of told you what they did. They were going to do in December. Um, and that was an so, awful, awful video. I'm sorry. Wait, no, no, it is. But but that, that that shows to you that athletes are not singers <laughs> or dancers. Now, uh, my favorite bear of all time has to be the fridge. Yes. And uh, you yes. know, you you could put a lot of coke in the refrigerator. He he knew what he was doing. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, Perry Perry knew what he was going to do and. It's one of those you got you got to use the whole team to, to stop me, and guess what? You may not even stop me, and he proves that time and time again. Now, if you um, do a little bit of history, I want to give you a little bit of trivia that you probably already know, Ray. In the game Tech Mobile, when you score a touchdown, you and another player do a jump high five, and there's a the color of your team comes up when you make contact. That scene is taken from. Uh, I want to say Walter Payton did that, and it's on NFL Films. So I thought that that was pretty neat. That one of the most iconic scenes in a video game is taken from Walter Payton, and it might have been when he broke the record. Yeah, I mean, probably because again, that that one was. I mean that that was kind of the great the greatness of that because he he broke it, and and unfortunately with with Walter Payton. Um, his his sudden death and his sudden all that stuff. It's, that's why kind of Walter Payton is like um, is is on the Mount Rushmore of of Chicago sports. One because he was a great player. I mean, he broke the record. Emmett Smith broke it a few years later, and that's good for Emmett Smith. But he still broke it, and he was he was a team player, and he was I mean he was he was great all around um and he was a great person as well i mean it's always we hear stories of things that he's did he's done when he was alive and things he's he did before that and teaching his two kids who are still in chicago still in chicago media they um one of his son is a analyst for one of the the chicago sports networks and his daughter works for uh the, the local fox network up here um, and so that, that that whole family is is kind of the lore of Walter Payton. But again, um, I mean, he was a great player. There's no doubt about that. And so uh, it's, it's kind of that it's kind of cool that Techno Bowl uh, realized the greatness. Now, Ray, if I have 
to ask you, uh, and I and I ask everybody this, I want to know what makes football family to you? What makes it special to you? Um, so one of the, one of the best memories that I, I love every year um, that may be affected affected this year in 2020 uh, is like Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, no matter what teams are playing, you can watch football. Uh, you may have uh, just like a, one team and you just move against the other team, but you could watch base, uh, sorry, football um, all around. And that's what kind of brings the family together is that bonding of just watching the, watching the teams play, watching the players grow. If you do it from college to, uh, to NFL, kind of what you do with Jay Cutler. Um, but also when it comes to actual the football teams, chemistry, we hear about chemistry. Right. Uh, we know what he was going to do. We knew what they were going to do. Um, the bonding, as, as, you, as you mentioned, the Super Bowl shuffle was not the, the best film. It was a terrible song, terrible scene, all that stuff. But again, they were athletes. But they did it. They, they, they got together and said, let's do this. So there's chemistry beyond that team. And, of course, it showed when, when they, were, they were just dominating everybody else. Um, but also, again, when one watching it, you get generation, different generations watching it. I remember watching football with grandparents, with my, my parents, with my siblings. That's the three generations right there. And then now uh, you add another generation with other, other kids in the family that when the kids of the parents have kids. Um, so it's, just, it's kind of one of those things where it's a lifelong thing where people could just watch it. And if, as long as you kind of understand the rules, you, you know what's going on. And, in most cases, if you're a Bears fan, you don't like the Packers. So if the Packers are playing, you root <laughs> against them, no matter who it is. Uh, if it's the Bears, you root for the Bears. Depending on, it, again, depending on where you are and what you're watching and where you're from. So that's what kind of makes it family to me is the bonding that, that happens on, on the field, off the field, as an athlete, as a fan, as a family member. And even you can walk down the streets in Chicago, and if you see if you're wearing a Bears jersey, someone else wears a Bears jersey, Probably a high five in that in that uh, in in that interaction, or a fist bump, or a elbow nudge in 2020. But it will yeah. still happen. <laughs> it's a it is a ever ever loving thing. I mean, it's and that's what's kind of the great thing is you get connections that you wouldn't see um, from other other ideas in in the world. So sports, and that's kind of the same thing with sports, but. In football, I think that's what what matters is the generations get to watch it, um, players get to get to interact with their players, and uh, fans get to interact with fans, and that's what's kind of the bondingness with the, the family. Dub bears. Yeah, dub bears. Yeah, I want to thank you, and uh, you work for uh, for a podcast. You want to plug it? Sure. So I uh, I am the research assistant for Hysteria Fifty One. Um, it is a comedy podcast about conspiracy theories. Um, it's hosted by Brent Hand and John Goforth and kind of ran by Conspiracy Bot, who is a robot that Brent made in his in his uh, basement one time. And um, unfortunately, it talks. Uh, and so it's just it's a weekly episode that, that drops every Monday, uh, every every pod catch you have. Um, and it's just a uh, talks about conspiracies in a lighthearted manner when it, when it is applicable. Um, they do get serious when it's needed, um, and they it's just a great time to kind of listen if you're into conspiracies. Check it out.
Ray, thank you. Um, and I'm looking across at my office to the Hysteria 51 uh, poster that I got. Uh, my best to you and your family. And, guys, this is another reason why football is family. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.